Brethren, please open your Bibles with me to Psalm 5. This psalm was presented by my brother Philip almost five years ago, so it's time for a refresher. This psalm by some has been given the title, A Morning Psalm. So as we proceed through the psalm, I would like you to consider with me the thought of making this a part of a daily prayer as you start your day. I will touch on a number of topics that are presented in this psalm, and I hope at least one of them will be convicting to you. Please follow along as I read Psalm 5. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For unto thee will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and will look up. For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness, neither shall evil dwell with thee. The foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. Thou shalt destroy them that speak leasing. The Lord will abhor the bloody and deceitful man. But as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy. And in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is very wickedness. Their throat is an open sepulcher. They flatter with their tongue. Destroy thou them, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Cast them out in the multitude of their transgressions, for they have rebelled against thee. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy, because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. For thou, Lord, wilt bless the righteous. With favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. The first topic I want to consider is in verses 1 and 2, and it contains some points regarding how we pray. David prayed clearly and told the Lord often that he turned unto him. This is important for a jealous creator who wants to know that only he is being sought after. David also humbled himself when he beseeched the Lord. Even though David could have very easily been king at this time, he referred to God as my king and my God. David did not pray flippantly as a passing thought, but rather would meditate, which is to give serious thought and even cry when beseeching the Lord. When was the last time you or I cried or meditated when we sought the Lord? If we desire to be like David, we can start today to pray when we meditate and cry when we beseech the Lord. The second topic is contained in verse 3. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord, In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and will look up. It has been suggested by others in days gone by that the first thing we should do in the morning is to spend time in prayer and meditation with the Lord. Lord Morning worship is an important theme in the Psalms. In addition to the mention here, there are at least six more times that morning worship is specifically mentioned in the Psalms alone. In Psalm 55, 17, there is prayer loud crying and the Lord hearing. In Psalm 59, 16, there is singing of the Lord's power, mercy, and defense. In Psalm 88, 13, there is crying and prayer. In Psalm 92, there is praising the Lord for his loving kindness. 
In Psalm 119, 147, there is crying and hoping in God's word. And in Psalm 143, verse 8, there is trusting and lifting up the soul. Morning devotions are important. If time is not spent in the morning, it's amazing how the world and devil will fill up every other waking moment with seemingly important things. If you don't do it, you'll be too exhausted to meditate by night. If you think that you are so busy that you can't afford to spend a few minutes in meditation and prayer in the morning, then get up earlier. And that means if you're going to get up earlier than you're used to, guess what that means? The night before, you've got to plan for it and go to bed at a reasonable time. I do not mean for this to be a how-to by Daniel, but rather a question to you. Will you do it? It's a choice. And if we're to obtain higher ground, we must make that choice to spend time in the morning looking up to our Heavenly Father. The third topic is from verses 4 through 6, and it contains multiple subtopics. To start, the Lord hates people. He not only hates actions, He hates the actors. If we only had verse 4, then we could join that certain group that says, God hates the sin but loves the sinner. That is a lie from the devil in this world. And we are deceived if we think for even a second that God loves unrepentant sinners. God is angry with the wicked every day, as is stated in Psalm 711. The world and our flesh have been and will continue to fight against us to have us think that people aren't that bad. That bad things happen by a few select. But that's not true. Most people are wicked and give no thought to God. We are deceived, and this is how we think that people aren't that bad. We need to stop and consider the true seriousness of sin and sinners. The psalm points out that the Lord abhors and will destroy sinners. Verse 6 explains in more detail some of those workers of iniquity mentioned in verse 5. They are those that speak leasing, which is to speak falsely or lie, and those that are deceitful murderers. While the lesson here is to consider the wicked and their actions, I ask us to keep in mind that liars are considered in the same breath as murderers. This should be a reminder to us to watch our tongues because the Lord hates lying. We need to guard our speech carefully to avoid his wrath. Verse 7 starts a new topic and it involves David being confident and moving forward with his life. After three verses of the comments about the Lord's hatred and wickedness, it would be easy for, and especially for someone with a melancholic temperament, to be afraid of the Lord and run away. But not David. David, throughout the Psalms, confessed that he was a sinner, but he also knew knew that with the Lord there is forgiveness and mercy. And he knew that he could entreat God because of that mercy. While David knew the Lord's mercy, he also feared this powerful being and worshipped the Lord in a fearful, reverent, and respectful manner. He entered in, worshipped toward thy holy temple, and in thy fear, he approached the Lord with fear and trembling. The Lord will answer and hear us if we approach him in proper confidence and fear. As we move down to verses 8 and 9, we see David's plea and reasoning with the Lord regarding righteous behavior. I would like to reread these verses, but I want to read verse 9 and then verse 8. For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is very wickedness. Their throat is an open sepulcher. They flatter with their tongue. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. I have been struck by this thought of an additional reason to pray for the Lord to lead us in righteousness. First and foremost, we should live righteously to please the Lord and to bring Him honor and glory. But there is a negative side 
and is that if we don't live righteous, we are providing the wicked reasons to blaspheme the Lord. In 2 Samuel 12, the Lord through Nathan is rebuking David for his sin. And we have this terrible verse in verse 14. How be it, because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child that is born unto thee shall surely die. Yes. There are people today, just like those described in verse 9 and 2 Samuel 12, that want nothing more than to see you or I fail, right. so they can justify their rebellion to God. Right. You may be thinking, what is the point of this? If we know, which we do, that there are enemies of the Lord, His religion, and our church, and they will do just about anything to satisfy their wickedness, how important does the prayer of verse 8 become for the Lord to lead us in righteousness? We can reason with the Lord first, that we want to do it for His honor and glory, but secondly, so we give none wicked the occasion to blaspheme His name. As we transition to verse 10, there is a righteous prayer here by a righteous man. David just explained in previous verses the actions of wicked people toward him. But this was not the reason for David asking the Lord to destroy them. The reason was because they rebelled against God, yes. not him. We should be fearful in making this prayer, but we should also know that if we confess the rebellion in our own lives, we should call down God's wrath upon his enemies. Yes. Now my favorite part of this psalm, these last two verses. Brethren, these verses are ours. If we continue the thought of making this a morning prayer, what a way to attack the day the Lord has given us. Yes. These verses are in direct contrast of the wicked described in verses 9 and 10. Let's break down the three phrases in verse 11. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Yes. We should rejoice because the Lord converted our wicked hearts to want to trust in him. Yes. We should rejoice because the Lord allows us to trust in him. We should rejoice because trusting in Him is the only way to be joyful and happy. Yes. The second phrase, let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Yes. Joy in the Lord should be driven from His defense of us. We know by the context that this is uh, personal enemies or enemies of the Lord, but we should be always be joyful considering the Lord protects us. Yes. He's also given us the knowledge that even we, though we may not see things the way that He has them going, He is still ruling and He will still defend us. The third phrase, let them, also, let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. Here's the third consecutive phrase that mentions joy or rejoicing. We should take the redundancy as a clear directive in our daily lives. First John 4.19 says that we love him because he first loved us. So if we love him, it means that he has already set his love on us. Yes. Is there a greater cause for joy in the world? Nothing should take that joy from us. Because nothing can separate us from the love of God. Amen. This psalm ends with verse 12. For thou, Lord, wilt bless the righteous. With favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. Jehovah, the great I am that I am, who abhors and hates the wicked, will bless you if you are righteous. Even though this is a command, it comes with the ultimate blessing from the Lord. Yes. Attaching a serious reward to our reasonable service. We plan, we plan for and accomplish tasks every day for an earthly reward. But what if we plan to accomplish righteousness so the Lord will bless us with a reward? There is no better way to approach the day than keeping this at the forefront of our minds. Yes. He will surround you round about if you will but honor him with a righteous life. In summary, we've looked at the, th the components of a personal morning prayer. They involve 
praying earnestly and humbly, communing with the Lord early in the day, grasping that the Lord hates wicked, unrepentant sinners, we should confidently and fearfully move forward as the Lord is merciful. We should pray for the Lord to lead us in righteousness, to first glorify His name, and to avoid providing sinners reason to blaspheme. It is righteous to petition the Lord to destroy His enemies. We should live every day joyfully and rejoicing because the Lord has done and has given so much for us. Righteous living will bring nothing but blessing and favor upon you. The opportunity is before us, brethren. Let us improve our daily walk. Let's do it for His honor and glory and reap the benefits. Amen.